around a million times People asking me how I can praise you With all that I've gone through The question just amazes me Can circumstances possibly change Who I forever am in you yeah. Oh. Well, maybe since my life has changed Long before these rainy days It's never really ever crossed my mind to turn my back on you, oh Lord, my only shelter from the storm. But instead, I draw closer through these times. So I pray, bring me joy, bring me peace, bring the chance to be free, bring me anything that brings glory and I know there'll be days when this life brings me pain but if that's what it takes to praise you Jesus bring the rain oh, oh. Yeah. well I Because you are much greater than my pain And you made a way for me Suffering your destiny So tell me what's a little rain And so I pray Bring me joy, bring me peace Bring the chance to be free. Bring me anything that brings you glory. And I know there'll be days when this life brings me pain. But if that's what it takes to praise you, Jesus, bring the Is the Lord God Almighty and everybody singing holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty well is the Lord God Almighty Holy, holy, 
Well, it's the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy. Yeah, yeah. Holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty. folks come on thank you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Father I want you to know today that you don't have to wait till the sermon for God to touch you he knows your need right now he knows what you're going through right now he wants to minister to you right where you are amen and I always know every week there are people that come in here and they feel like, I'm too far away from God. You know, if I could just make my way back closer to God, maybe then He could accept me. Maybe then He could love me. Maybe then I could be good enough. Lord, let me clean myself up a little bit and then I'll come to you. I want you to understand something today. God's love and God's mercy and God's grace can reach you right where you are. right where you are and he's not looking for you to clean your life up to come to him he just wants you to come to him as you are and then he'll work on your heart and he'll work on your life so right now wherever you are just surrender yourself to him say Lord speak to me today touch my heart today Lord meet me today where I am in Jesus name Cause your love, oh Lord, it reaches to the heavens, and your faithfulness, it stretches to the sky. And your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, yeah. And your justice flows like the ocean's tide. And I will live. My voice to worship you, my King. Yeah, I will find my strength in the shadow of your wings. 
your everything my life's nothing without you take my hand and lead me through you are my sustaining love I live to worship 
day I live to worship you So here I am I'm worshiping you with, with all I am worshiping This offering that I bring, humbly I fall on my knees to proclaim you are everything. My life's nothing without you. Take my hand and lead me through. You are my sustaining love. Lord, I you 
So here I am, worshiping you with all I am. With all I am, worshiping you. We're bowing down, bowing down in spirit and truth. Lord, with lifted hands, with lifted hands, worshiping you. felt impressed as I was standing over there that some of you are looking at yourselves and you need to turn your eyes up from yourself and look to him and that's what worship is we're exalting God and I love it there's many times throughout the scripture where it says look up you ever seen somebody that's depressed maybe that's you this is what we do when we're depressed. We look down. And really what we do is we look inside. And the scripture says, look up. Jesus said, if my name is lifted up, I'll draw them into me. Look up. So I want to encourage you today. Wherever you are, whatever you're facing, look up. Your redemption is there. Look up. Look to him. Stop looking at yourself, looking at your own challenges, how you're going to fix the problem. Look up. Amen. Father, I pray today that you'd move in our hearts. You know where each one of us is. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today. Impart to us from your word. Change our lives. Make us the people, Lord, that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them you're glad they're here this morning. Amen. 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 It's good to be at church. Amen. Experiencing God's presence and what the Christmas season is really all about is Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. You know, we don't, we don't worship a God who's far away in the middle of nowhere that doesn't relate to what we're going through. We have a God who came down, was born in a manger, lived among us, faced everything that we faced, suffered and died, took our sins upon him, and rose again. Amen. And he knows what we're dealing with. The Bible tells us that there's nothing that we haven't faced that he hasn't faced. That's pretty awesome. Amen. Do you have anything you want to share this morning? I want to share all my calories that I ate over the holidays. That's what I want to share. And if you bring fruitcake tonight, I love fruitcake. I'll eat it. I want to read something to you, and it's a scripture you guys have heard a million times, but I'm going to read it to you. It's in Luke 10, 27, and it says that we should love the Lord your God with all our heart with all our soul, with all our strength, with everything that is in us. And then what's the second part of that? 
love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said that those were the the two things that if you did those things, you would fulfill everything in here. And I thought this sounds like good news to me. So I just kind of, if I hear good news, I want to share it with you. But it was good news to me to find that we don't have to obey 613 laws because I can't remember all of those. All we have to do is if we really seek God, if we really love God with everything that we have, if we really love each other, the neighbors you like and the neighbors you don't like. I didn't say that just then. But there might be neighbors that you don't like. There might be people in your family you don't like. You might have seen some of them this Christmas. But if you love them anyway, then you're going to fulfill all those other things. So give yourself a break and don't be so hard on yourself. Don't work so hard. Don't strive so much to keep all the rules and all the regulations. Because church isn't about that. Church is about family. Church is about us walking this thing out together. Church is about when one of us falls up down, the other picks us up. Church is about loving one another, isn't it? Didn't God say, for he so loved the world that he came and beat us over the head until we did everything right? No, it says he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But I wanted to give you this scripture too, and it goes along with it. It's in Galatians 5.22. This is really worth highlighting. And it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. And then it goes on to say it's also joy and peace and long-suffering. It's gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And against such there is no law. But the thing I saw in that was the fruit of the Spirit is love. So if you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. So you have access to that love. I can't love everybody because not everybody's lovable. Not everybody can love me because I'm not very lovable a lot of times. But I can love with God's love. And if you've got the Holy Spirit in you, you have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. So you can love. So of all the New Year's resolutions, mine is to love like God does. And I don't think that's too high and lofty. I don't think that's something we can't attain. I think if you just tap into the Holy Spirit that's in you, we can do that. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, well, if you've got your Bibles, lift them up this morning. Repeat this after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It is true. You know, we've uh, be finishing the series up today called Light Your World, and I've been kind of using the theme of White Christmas, so I kind of think maybe as a church family, we spoke all the snow into coming. You know, <laughs> we were talking about White Christmas, and here it is, and everybody loves a White Christmas, right? I mean, it feels like Christmas when it's snowing outside. And we talked about a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that really the gift of Christmas, the gift that God gave us was Jesus, which was forgiveness of sins and restoration of us to God. There was a sin that man had walked away in the garden. We had sinned and rebelled against God. And the Lord had this great plan. And his plan was ultimately to send his son, born in a manger, walking everything as we walk in life, suffering, never sinning, taking all of our sin upon himself on the cross. He died there as a sacrifice and then rose again three days later. 
And, and that's really what Christmas is about. But the gift of Christmas is that we have to receive it, right? It doesn't matter if God gives you a gift if you don't open it up. And that's what we talked about. And that's what Christmas is to us is we receive that gift of salvation. We receive that gift of forgiveness. Amen? And then this week I want to talk to you a little bit about not just receiving the gift of God, but we talked the other day and I want to talk some more about today is giving the gift of forgiveness to others. And Tricia talked about especially this time of year and and statistically it's been proven there are more suicides between Thanksgiving and the end of the year than any other time of the year. And there's a reason. Is that people remember and, and sometimes they're in relationships or they see people maybe many times in their family they haven't seen in a while and it brings up hurtful memories and it brings up past and people get so depressed they begin to look down like we talked about and they turn it so into themselves they begin to feel hopeless and they end their lives because they don't see hope. And God would tell us that we need to look up and see our salvation and receive that. But what I want to talk to you about is not just receiving the gift of forgiveness that God has given us, but also forgiving, giving the gift. And I, and I want to say this today, and if you've got notes or you like to take them, I want you to write this down. I didn't put this in here, but I want you to remember this. I've said it before, but it's so important. When you give forgiveness away, you're not just freeing the people you're forgiving, you're actually freeing yourself. I'm going to say it again. When you give the gift of forgiveness, you're not just freeing those that you forgive. You're actually freeing yourself. Because when you don't have forgiveness in your heart, when you hold bitterness in your heart, when you hold people responsible for the things they've done to you, and maybe they've really done them to you, but when you don't forgive people, you're actually chained to them. You actually are a prisoner to that person. You're a prisoner to that memory. But when you forgive, you unlock the chains for that person, but also yourself. And forgiveness is key. And we're going to talk about that today. And and I'm going to talk to you about being offended today and what that means and, and how we get out of that. The scripture that I've been using for the series is Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. It's out of the New Living Translation. And this is what it said. This is God talking to the prophet Isaiah, for us. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool, if you only obey me. You know, many times in Scripture, and Jesus did this all the time, Jesus would make a statement, and then he would follow it up with an if, or he would put the if before. And this is why you're not a robot. You have a choice. God will never force anything on you. And there are many statements in the Bible that says, if you do this, then I will do this. God says, if you tithe, then I will open up the windows of heaven and give you a blessing. If you forgive, if you fill in the blank, he gives these promises, but it requires us to do something. And many times, as Christians, we're guilty and we're expecting God to do something, but we're not fulfilling our part of the equation. And I want to tell you very clearly so that you understand this, God is the one that's doing all the heavy lifting but you still have a part to play. If, he says, I will make your sins as white as wool, I'll make them as white as snow, if you will only obey me. You have a choice. You know, and I wanna talk today about the word offense. We've all heard the word offense. How many of you have ever been offended by somebody before? Come on, be honest. 
Some of you are lying in church. I can't believe that. But you've been offended by somebody. The, the word offended is actually the Greek word scandalon. Everybody say scandalon. Have you heard the word scandal? It's where the word comes from. The Greek word scandalon. So when we see the word offended, it's scandalon. And this is what this Greek word means. It means to be trapped. It means to be offended. But it means to be snared, which I thought was a very interesting word. When you are offended, you are actually snared, trapped like an animal, trapped like a wild animal. You become trapped by the offense. So someone offends you, if you accept that offense, you actually are snaring who, them? Who's Who's being snared? The person who's offended. If you receive that offense, if you accept that offense, you're actually snaring yourself. I talked about being chained. That's what that means. That offense traps you. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? To be snared, to be offended, to be trapped. Matthew 24, verse 10 in the New King James says this. And this is Jesus talking, by the way. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Jesus talking about in the last days, he says many will be offended. The Greek word many means majority. Think about that. Jesus is saying in the last days, it will be easy for you to be offended. It will be easy for you to be snared. They will betray one another and will actually hate one another. Luke chapter 17 verse 1 says this, Then Jesus said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come. What does impossible mean? What does impossible mean? Impossible. Jesus says, in effect, what Jesus is saying is, You're going to get offended. You're going to get offended. It's going to happen. People are going to hurt you, even people in the church. <gasps> Has anybody ever been offended by somebody in the church? I mean, other than me, of course. I mean, I mean, right? Offenses are going to come. Jesus said it's impossible that it's not going to happen. We will have the opportunity to be offended in the church. Proverbs 18, verse 19 says this, An offended brother is more unyielding than a fortified city, and disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. Let me explain this to you. I asked you a minute ago to raise your hand. Has anybody ever been hurt or offended? Raise your hand again. Have you ever heard this or have you ever said this? I will never allow that to happen to me again. Come on. I will never allow that to happen to me again. So you know what we do? We build up what? Walls. What does the scripture say? An offended brother is more unyielding than a fortified city. And disputes are like the barred, locked gates of a citadel. And we've, had, we've got this saying that all of us have said, hurt me once, shame on you, right? Hurt me twice, Shame on me. And so many of us, and I'm the king jelly bean of this, have said, I will not allow people to hurt me again. Therefore, I will build walls like the scripture talks about here. I'm going to build walls so that I don't get hurt. I'm going to protect my heart. I'm not going to allow people to hurt me anymore. So I'm going to build these walls around me. And we feel like that's a noble thing to do. 
But here's the problem. Debarred walls only keep out the people that want to hurt you. Do they? No, they keep out everybody. So what happens is we build these walls to protect our heart. The problem is they don't just keep out the people that want to hurt, the, hurt us, which, by the way, is the minority of people. It keeps out everybody. And to protect ourselves, we build these walls and we shut everyone out. We don't let anybody in because we're trying to protect ourselves. It's a problem. We become snared. Do you see it? And we feel like we're protecting ourselves just to survive. But what's happened is our hearts become cold. We become cold to everyone and we become withdrawn. And that's what can happen to us. And many of us have experienced that, including myself. And we don't let anybody in because we don't want to get hurt. Let's go through a list real quick of offenses. And as I read these, I want you to maybe identify some areas in your life that you either have been offended or you're currently being offended. You're being snared, right? Here's number one. It's the first little diamond on there. It's being betrayed. You've been betrayed. Have you ever been betrayed before? That's where somebody close to you hurts you. Somebody betrayed you. Maybe they betrayed a confidence. Maybe it was a situation where you were married and, and your spouse was unfaithful. Maybe it was a divorce situation. You have been betrayed. That's one way to become offended. Here's a second way. Falsely accused. This is a hard one. Have you ever been right and you're just kind of tootling along in life and all of a sudden you're falsely accused of something? One of the stories that I have in my own life of when this happened was actually during Christmas, many, many years ago. And it was my brother and I when we were little. Uh, we were probably 10, 11 years old, something like that. And, and one day my dad called us into the den and he said, boys, which one of you did it? Well, in honesty, I was completely be bewildered because I had no idea what did it was. Therefore, by default, my brother knew whatever did it was. Okay? And we sat there, and I didn't sit there. We stood there in front of my father. He said, boys, I'm going to ask you one more time. Now, my dad is one of those, if I'm going to ask you one more time, it really means one more time. And he followed it up with, and then I'm going to wear you out. Which in my household meant the leather western belt was coming out with all the little emblems on it. No, this was not going to be a good scenario. I, yeah, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I turned to my brother and grabbed him and go, tell him what you did. <laughs> I really did. True story. And I'm like, you know, he's right here. I'm going, tell him what you did. Come, Dad, it was dad. And my brother. I'm going down with the ship too. I think we both got spanked that day. To this day, I asked him about this a while back. I go, dude, do you remember? I don't even know what I did, man. But he did it. It was him. <laughs> Whatever it was. But I was being falsely accused of something he did, and I got the punishment for it. I was offended by something he did. To this day, I don't know what it was. I'm going to have to, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm really upset right now. I, forgive my brother. He knows not what he does. You know that's true. <laughs> but the reality is we all run into these situations where we can be offended. We can be falsely accused at work, at home, whatever. Think about this. Here's another one. How about rejected? 
You ever been rejected before? During a moment of crisis where you really need people, the moment that you need them, when you're going through a hard time and they turn away from you. Happens in church a lot. You, you're always there for others, and now you're going through a situation, and everybody turns their back on you. We can all think of those times, and we had the opportunity at that point to be offended. How about this one? Abused. Some of you, many of you, have grown up in situations in your life, maybe you were abused by a parent physically and mentally, emotionally, sexually. You were abused. People took advantage of you on purpose. And boy, there's one there. When you see that situation, you think, you have the right to be offended. You have the right to be offended at them. They abused you on purpose. Here's the last one. Humiliated. Made a laughing stock Exposed for the world to see, set up, humiliated, made to look like a fool. That's tough, especially for guys, to be embarrassed, to be humiliated in front of people. You know, as you go through that list, the reality is most of us, if not all of us, can check really every box on there, can't we? There have been different times in all of our lives that we have been that. Some of you are one of these or more of these right now. Listen to this. I want to tell you some good news. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17 and 18 says this. That's why he, Jesus, had to enter into every detail of human life. Then, when he came before God as high priest to get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced it all himself. All the pain, all the testing, and he would be able to help where help was needed. You've gone through some of these at various points in your life, but I want you to understand something. Jesus was betrayed by those closest to him. Jesus was falsely accused, not only falsely accused, but falsely accused to death. He was rejected by everyone, including his disciples. He was abused, beaten for something he didn't deserve. And humiliated. See, I want you to know today, whatever it is that you're experiencing, whatever offense has happened in your life, Jesus has been there, done that. He's been there. But you know, all of us, some of us can look at our life and sometimes we go, well, I deserve that. You know, um, Trisha has a funny saying, you know, uh, every once in a while she'll get a ticket, which hasn't happened in a long time. I'm telling on you here. She gets a ticket every great once in a while, and she'll go, well, I was only five miles, five miles an hour over the speed limit or whatever, but she goes, I figured I deserved it for all the other times, you know, that I didn't get caught. <laughs> and sometimes in life we feel that way. Well, we, we kind of deserved it, maybe not in this situation, but something else. And here's what I want you to know. Jesus deserved nothing that he received. Nothing. And part of the plan of Christmas that's so confusing to us is that he came to earth and took our punishment on himself, experienced everything that we did. He understands. And yet there's something about him that's just amazing. 
There's something that's not in your notes today. Becky and I are going to have it on the screen for you. I was studying this this week, and last night I couldn't go to sleep until I added this to my notes because God wants to say something here. If you remember back in Exodus, way back in the Old Testament, God was talking to Moses in chapter 33, and, and Moses was talking to God, and they were getting ready to move and, and go out and, and lead the people. This is after the Red Sea and, and the Ten Commandments. And Moses was talking to God, and, and Moses made an interesting request of God. And this is what Moses said. This is chapter 33, verse 18 through 20. And Moses said, God, please show me your glory. Then God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see me, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. Let's go down to chapter 34, verse 5. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with Moses there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed. I want to set this up. You need to understand this. God has got this ongoing relationship with Moses. Remember, all the plagues have happened. They've crossed the Red Sea. All these cool things are going on. Moses is up on Mount Sinai. He's talking to God. And he says, God, I have a request. Show me your glory. Show me who you really are. It's an amazing request. Show me your glory. So I want you to understand when, when he says, God, show me your glory. God, I'm asking you to show me yourself. Describe yourself to me, God. What do you think is important about yourself? You know, kind of like a resume. If somebody wants to know about you, they can read your resume, right? And, and they can read all the things about you. And God's, or Moses is saying to God, show me your resume. God, tell me what you think's important about you. Man, that's a pretty big list, isn't it? And as I studied this, it jumped out at me, and it is so relevant to what we're talking about. This is what God says about himself. Listen to this. And the Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, the Lord the Lord God, listen to this, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And as I read that and studied that this week, it hit me. And I, and I really realized what God was saying. When he was describing himself, you know the attributes that he talked about was his forgiveness and his long-suffering and his mercy. This is the creator of the universe. This is the God that can do anything. If it's me, I'm talking about my power or how good looking I am or something. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things God could have said, right? I'm the creator of the universe. I'm omnipotent. I know everything. I'm omnipresent. I'm everywhere. I mean, he could have said all those things about himself, and they're all true, and they're still true. But what did God seek to point out? His goodness and his graciousness and his mercy and his long-suffering. Why is that important? Write this down. Because as children of God, we are to reflect the same thing. 
Jesus, the Son of God, who was there at the creation of everything. He was there. He's, he's now hanging on the cross. He could have called legions of angels and said, I've had enough of this. All these things, accused, false, all these things that, that he could have taken that offense. But he chose not to take the offense on himself, to be offended towards us. He took it and he bled and he died. And he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. He exhibited the same mercy of his father. Now, why is this important? Because you're supposed to exhibit the same thing. Because you're supposed to exhibit the same thing. But pastor, people have hurt me, yes. Pastor, they've rejected me. Pastor, they were wrong, yes. They don't deserve, you're right. They should suffer, mm-hmm. So should you. And yet, God in his infinite grace and mercy reached out to you in the middle of your mess and lifted you up, the God of mercy and grace and long-suffering. But there's an if, if you obey me, if you receive it, if you will take that in, you can receive those things. 1 Peter 4, verse 1 says this, Since Jesus suffered while he was in his body, strengthen yourselves with the same way of thinking that Jesus had. What does that mean? Pastor, what does that mean? How do I do that? Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. You've heard me say this a hundred times if you've been here the last three and a half years at all. Hurting people hurt people. People hurt you because they're wounded. People hurt you because they're incomplete. People hurt you because they're imperfect. You're gonna get hurt. Jesus said it's gonna happen. But how you deal with it is what sets you apart from everywhere else. And I wanna tell you something, guys. You've heard the term, like rain off a, off a duck's back. Let it just come off of you. And that's what you have to learn as a believer. And it is a, it is a level of maturity that's very difficult. You have to make a conscious decision when someone hurts you to forgive them and not take that offense on you. So how do you do that? I mean, Pastor, how do you do that? Look at your notes. I'm going to give you three quick ways to do that. Here's number one. Remember that you need forgiveness too. Remember that you need forgiveness too. Romans 3.23 says this. For all, what does all mean? All is who? If you're an all, raise your hand. Okay, that's everybody. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Matthew 10, 8, this is Jesus talking. Freely you have received, freely what? Give. Freely you've received, freely give. You know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the servant who was forgiven and then chose not to forgive those around him. Didn't work out, did it? God says, freely you've been forgiven. Freely forgive those around you. Here's number two. This is very important. So number one is remember that you need forgiveness too. Remember your imperfection. Number two, refocus on the real enemy. You know, there really is an enemy out there, guys. 
Satan is real. The enemy is real. There's an opponent out there that wants to destroy you. And you need to make sure you focus on the enemy and not on people. And it's so hard to do because people will hurt you. And it's so easy to focus on the person instead of the real enemy. And the real enemy is Satan. Ephesians 6.12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There's a real battle going on. And it's so easy for us to get mad at a person that offends you because they manifest this problem. And it's so easy to focus on them. But you have to remember you need forgiveness. And remember they're not the real problem. They're hurting you because they're hurt or misled or whatever it is. Focus on the real enemy. Here's the third thing. Receive God's love. Receive God's love. 1 John 4, 19 through 21. I love this. We love Because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Forgiveness. The gift of of forgiveness. Now I want to make this clear. When you forgive someone, I think sometimes it's good to let them know. There may be some people in your life you need to forgive. They've died. You can't get in touch with them. You can still forgive them. But here's what I want you to understand. You know, you can forgive somebody and they say, well, I don't forgive you. You ever had that happen before? I forgive you for what you did to me. Well, I don't forgive you. I still think you're from Texas. You know, I mean, whatever it is. But here's the deal. That's not your responsibility. How they respond is not up to you. What is important is that you forgive. You're free. If they choose not to forgive, they'll still have the chains on them. They'll be snared, but you will be free. It could be, For some of you guys that were in the military, maybe it's a memory of overseas somewhere and something that happened. Forgive. It could be at work. Forgive. I want you to understand something, guys. If we will get a hold of this, this is so important. You say, Pastor, why are you doing this at the beginning of the year? Because if you don't get this right, not much else is going to matter. You can't inherit all the promises of God and walk around with unforgiveness in your heart. This is huge. We've got to learn this. We have to be quick to forgive. When people hurt you, forgive them and move on. Forgive them and move on. You know, in sports, I know growing up, played football and baseball and lots of other stuff, but but one of the sports that will eat your lunch if you don't forget, forgive yourself, is golf. I don't care what people say. I played competitively golf most, most of my growing up life. It, if you play mad, you're going to get really, really, really bad off. 
It's hard to play mad golf because the harder you try, the worser it gets. <laughs> I mean, you know, the harder you, I mean, you can get mad all day long and you're going to be worse off and then you get madder. And it's one of those deals, the madder you get, the worser it gets. And I'm making these words up, but I mean, you know, it just gets really, really bad. And in sports, your coaches will teach you to funnel that the right way, but they'll also tell you to forget it. Forget what just happened. You'll see it all the time. A quarterback will go out there and throw an interception. And you can see it if he remembers it the next time he gets out there. Because he'll play different. He won't take as many chances. And it's the same way in golf. If you start playing mad, it's going to get worse. And you know that person is thinking about what's going on. And in sports, you have to have short-term memory. And in life, you need shorter-term memory. When people offend you, let it go. Let it go. Walk free. Look up. Walk upright. Stay away from all that. Don't let offense lead you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you for this gift of forgiveness that you've given us. Lord, we see in your word that your mercy is forgiveness, your mercy and your grace, and it's your very character, God. It's who you are. And as your children, we should reflect that to other people. We talk about being your hands and feet. Lord, help us to open our hands and forgive those. Not just to set them free, Lord, but to set us free. Lord, help our memories be short when hurt is concerned. Father, help us to, to walk lightly and not carry these burdens of our past, of the hurt and pain. And I know, Lord, there are some people that are sitting here today saying, Pastor, that sounds great, but I'm not sure how to do that. I don't know how to do that. You know, it really is very simple. It really is. Let it go. You have to choose to let it go. So if that's you tonight, today, right now, that you look in your heart and you, you can see these places where you're hurt, maybe there's some unforgiveness in there that you didn't even know was there. Maybe you've been offended and you've taken that offense in. Right now, let it go. Set yourself free. Say, Pastor, I mean, how do I do that? You need to name it. If you've been abused right now in the name of Jesus, I want you to think about those that abused you and set them free. Forgive them right now. Father, I forgive this person for abusing me. If you've been humiliated by others, maybe you've been made a laughing stock, I want you to think about those situations. Think about those that did that to you. Set them free right now. Lord, I forgive them for humiliating me. Maybe you've been betrayed. 
Maybe it's been by a spouse, it's been by a coworker, it's been by a friend, a family member. Whoever betrayed you right now, forgive them. Father, I forgive this person for betraying my trust. Maybe you've been falsely accused and it hurts you. Right now, forgive. Lord, I forgive that person. I forgive that situation, Lord. I just, I let it go. Maybe you've been rejected by family, by friends, by the church, by whoever. You've been rejected. Forgive. Be free. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you in my own life, Lord, that I can look back and realize I've done all those things. Some of those things have been done to me. But Lord, right now, I stand before you free. I forgive, Lord, freely I forgive. You forgave me freely. Lord, I forgive others freely. Be free. Let's all put our hands on our hearts this morning. Let's all repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of forgiveness. I receive that gift today. I receive you today. Forgive me when I've fallen short. I know that you're God, that you love me, that you died for me, and you rose again. Help me to forgive easily. In your name, amen. Amen. Let's let's sing that chorus. We're to be like our king, aren't we? And he forgave. So we're supposed to do likewise. Walk in forgiveness. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. Lord, I thank you for freedom. And that you've given us the key to our freedom, Lord. So as we forgive today, Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk in that forgiveness that we would forgive others, Lord, that we would also forgive ourselves, and that we would walk in peace. In Jesus' name, guide us as we go. And all God's people said, amen. I want you to 
High five a couple people as you leave. See you tonight at 530. God bless you.